let's open up our Bibles. Let's open up our Bibles to Matthew chapter 5. I want to pray. I'm going to pray. Jesus, thank you for your word that you have preserved for us to stand on. Thank you for your spirit that illuminates your word so we can understand it, take it in, have it change us, live it out. I pray that you would speak to all of us, myself included, in new ways tonight. We want to be a community that is shaped and formed by you. In your name, amen. All right, so Matthew chapter 5, we are continuing a series we started a few weeks ago as told by a scoundrel. This is a series through the book of Matthew, Encounters with Jesus in the Gospel of Matthew. Matthew was a tax collector, that's why we call him a scoundrel. He, was a, he was, did not have a good reputation until he was changed by Jesus. Um, last week we finished a little mini-series, if you will, about our identity. We were focusing on the theme of identity. Starting today, we're going to have a new theme that we're looking at. Uh, we're going to be uh, looking at the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus' first recorded teaching by Matthew, a, a, a teaching on the Mount, and it opens with what is called the Beatitudes. And so we're going to spend three weeks focused on these Beatitudes. And what we're going to call this, this, this three-week series is Be Blessed, what it means to be happy. Because the word beatitude is uh, Latin, and it, and it comes from uh, the, the, the Latin word meaning uh, happy, happiness. And so we're going to talk about what it means to be happy. Now raise your hand if you have a desire to be happy. Most people do. Most ordinary people have a desire to have joy, to have happiness in their life, right? We, we have this felt need for happiness. The dictionary defines happiness as a feeling or feeling or showing pleasure or contentment. It's a feeling, it's an emotion that things are good, that things are right, that circumstances are good or people are good. Things are right in my life. Things are okay. And it's, it's, more, than, it's more than the thought or the intellectual belief that things are okay. It's a feeling. It's like, I feel good about this, right? Because you could think things are okay, but not feel it. You, you, ever, you ever feel like, my, my world is okay right now, but I don't feel happy, and I don't know why. You ever, you ever feel like that? Like, you feel, like you're in a bubble. You're like, you feel like you're stuck in a bubble. You're like, I know I should be happy right now, because this is going well, and this is going well, and this is going well, but it's like I can't touch it. Or it, it can't touch me. It can't impact my soul. I don't feel happy about it, Right? And because it's an emotion, because it's a feeling, it's, it can feel like you can't really do anything about it when you're not happy. Like, it, you ever have somebody tell you to cheer up? Stop being so grumpy. Just cheer up. You want to punch them, right? Because it's like they, it, it, they might as well tell you to fly. They might as well say, why don't you just flap your wings and fly? You're like, I can't fly, and I can't just cheer up. Both of those things are equally impossible right now for me to do. Anybody? Can you relate? Can you relate, anybody? Yeah, good. I want to make sure we're all tracking here. Because um, we often, when we have this felt need for happiness, then we go searching for something to make us happy. 
right? We go looking for something that will make us happy. And, and oftentimes what happens is we grab hold of something that we think will make us happy, but only ends up making us more disappointed. Like counterfeit fruit or that, wa- you ever see the wax fruit bowl on somebody's table? And it looks good. It looks like real shiny. Like this is like real shiny apple. You're like, man, I never saw an apple so shiny. I'm going to eat that thing. And then it's like hollow. That ever happened? You ever get fooled? Recently, my daughter Kayla got in the car with me, and I had one of those waxed oranges on the floor. Long story for why. Um, but she was like, ooh, can I have an orange? I was like, sure. She grabbed it, and it was just like a little wax thing. Now, imagine she started eating it because she, like, just really bought into that it was real. She would be a lot more disappointed than she already was because it would tear up her insides. And that's what we often do. We grab hold of waxed fruit in the world going, ooh, that's going to do it. Ooh, if I just get my boyfriend or if I just get that girlfriend or if I just get that job, if I get that promotion, if I just get on the inside of that crew, if I, whatever it is. Oh, and then we find out, ah, actually. Now, sometimes it works for a season. Sometimes it works. Like the, the little pigs with the straw house. You know the story of the three little pigs? <laughs> the three little pigs. They had, one of them had a house full of straw, Right? He builds his house. I imagine that little piggy has his house of straw, and he's like, he feels secure. He's like, this is a pretty sweet house. And if it was today's time, he's probably taking selfies of his with the straw house, and he's posting it, and he's like, I want to get my friends here. We're going to have a party in my straw house. He was probably happy with his straw house until the wolf came. And the wolf, you know, I'm going to huff and puff and throw your, blow your, your little straw house down. And he did. He blew it down. And a lot of us, we grab hold of something to make us happy, And it actually works for a moment, but it's a straw house because eventually the big bad wolf comes, stock market crashes, a hurricane comes, knocks it down. The boyfriend breaks up with us, the girlfriend breaks up with us, something happens and the straw house crumbles and we realize, man, what I was basing my happiness on isn't working anymore. And so Jesus is going to tell us, he's going to answer the question of number one, does God even want us to be happy? Does Does he care about that? Is that a priority for him? And then number two, the pathway for that. So let's look at it. Sermon on the Mount, opening with the Beatitudes. We're going to be in Matthew 5, 1 through 12. This is a three-week deal. I'm going to kind of do an overview today. Tom Sargent's preaching next week, zeroing in on the first four of of these. And then I'm going to follow it up the following week with the, the next four. So here we go. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on the mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him and he began to teach them. So Matthew is painting Jesus as a new and greater Moses or Israel from the Old Testament. He's, Jesus is doing what they did. So J- Moses and Israel were rescued out of Egypt. We saw that Jesus came out of Egypt. He had to go into hiding in Egypt as a baby. He was brought out of Egypt. Just like Moses and Israel went through the Red Sea as they were escaping Egypt, Jesus, before he embarks on his ministry, he goes through the waters of baptism. Israel was led into the wilderness to be tested. Jesus was led into the wilderness to be tested. And then Moses goes up on a mountain and receives the law of God and writes them on uh, on tablets of stone for the people. And Jesus now goes up on a mountain. First thing he's doing, according to Matthew's gospel, he goes up on a mountain to teach, to declare what the kingdom of God is all about. And he says this. I'm going to read it through. He said, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. 
Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, because theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. So, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you six things about what it means to be happy. If you want to write them down, you can write them down. You can take a photo of the, the slides. Six things from this passage, from this, this text. Number one, it's okay to want to be blessed and happy. It's okay to want to be blessed and happy. That's what we see here. It's not a wrong motivator. It's actually a, a right motivator. What did Jesus say? Blessed are, blessed are, blessed are. He's giving us a motivator. If you want to be blessed, if you want to be blessed, it's okay. God's wired us to want to be blessed, happy, given joy over and over again. There's a, a, a cliche out there that Jesus doesn't want you happy. He just wants you holy. That's not biblical. That's not a biblical idea. Happiness and holiness cannot be separated. Isn't isn't impossible to separate those two in God's economy, in God's kingdom. To think that we can separate our faith from emotions is a pagan idea, in fact. It's not a biblical idea. Our joy from God honors God. Consider if I said to my wife, I, I, I'm going to be committed to you in marriage for the rest of my life, even if I'm not happy. Is that going to honor her as much as if I said, I'm going to be committed to you in marriage for the rest of my life because I am so happy being married to you? Which one honors her more? So when our joy is in God and we're being blessed by him and we're expressing joy, it honors him. God is honored by that. He's wired us for emotions, for, for um, to be driven by this desire to be happy and to have joy. So it's okay to want to be blessed it's just that Jesus is saying, the blessing is in me. It's rooted in me. Don't go chasing it outside of me. And furthermore, it's okay to want to be blessed by me and also receive blessings and rewards, not just knowing me, but also rewards. What did he say? Look at this. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. They will be comforted. It's okay to want to be comforted. Sometimes people throw out these cliches where I only want Jesus, not what he can give me. And Jesus is saying... I want you to be motivated by what I can give you. I can comfort you. They will be comforted. They will inherit the earth. They will be filled. They will be shown mercy. They will see God. They will be called children of God. Theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And then verse 12, he said, Rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven. So these are blessings. These are incentives for us to go, Oh, I want joy and God is the source of that. Jesus is the source of the joy that I've been after. So it's okay to want to be blessed and happy, so long as we're pursuing God for that. So long as we're pursuing God for that. Number two, happiness and blessing are promised here. In this text, in this passage, Jesus promised it. Blessed are. He didn't say, if you want to be, then you have to. He didn't say that. He just said, blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are the peacemakers. It was a declaration, in other words. Not a, an imperative. 
not a command. It didn't say you better be poor in spirit, you better mourn, and then you'll be. It's just a promise. So anybody there who's listening, who's, who's poor in spirit and merciful, they're like, oh, wow, that's an encouragement to me. That's a comfort to me. Now, that brings us to number three. The promise of blessing and happiness are only for certain people. Only for certain people. It's not, it's not for everybody. It's only for, what did it say? The poor in spirit. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are the merciful, the peacemakers. So that leaves us going, well, am I one of those? I don't know. I don't know if I'm one of those. Am I? It's only for certain people. It's not for everybody. And, and maybe, maybe you're thinking, which I alluded to earlier, that, you know, Pastor Chris, there's a lot of people out there who seem pretty happy, and they have no relationship with God whatsoever. You ever see somebody out there seems really happy? And you're like, man, I'm a little jealous, to be honest with you. Because I'm trying to obey God and follow God and have this relationship with Him. And my life's kind of hard right now. There's some pain some difficulties, and I'm seeing my neighbor, and they got pretty easy life, and they don't even want anything to do with you, Lord. That ever happened? Yeah, well, I, I can't fully explain that, but I'll, but I'll go back to what I said earlier about the straw house. A lot of people are basing their happiness on a straw house that eventually a wolf's going to come and it's going to blow down. And, and there ain't no point being jealous of somebody's straw house, even though it looks good on Instagram, right? Something's going to come and blow it down. So it's only a promise for certain people. Number four. The values of the kingdom contradict the world's formula for happiness. The values of the kingdom contradict the world's formula for happiness. Look, blessed are the poor in spirit. The world will tell you, don't be poor in spirit. You, you need, you, you want to be happy? You need a lot of pats on the back. You need your self-esteem boosted all the time. You need a lot of likes on social media. Then you'll be happy. No, don't be poor in spirit. You, you, you wake up and tell, look in the mirror, tell yourself how great you are. Build yourself up. Fill yourself up on yourself. Blessed are those who mourn. That's a re reference to mourning over our sin and the brokenness of this world, seeing it the way God sees it. The world's going to tell you, don't mourn. That's the opposite of happiness. You want to be happy? Don't mourn for your sin. Don't feel any kind of guilt or shame over that. Move on. Don't forget about it. I've, I've literally known people who have felt convicted by God over some sin in their life. And they were soft-hearted. And they're like, oh, I want to change. And I want to, I want to repent. I want to turn. I want God to grow me. And there's a softness to them. And then all of a sudden, some friend will come in. Sometimes well-meaning. Or some counselor will come in. Sometimes even a Christian counselor will come in and say, don't feel any guilt. Don't feel any shame. It's not your fault. It's your parents' fault. It's your spouse's fault. It's somebody else's fault. Don't feel that. Don't put that on yourself. And then all of a sudden, the edginess comes back. That's right. It's not my fault. That's right. That's right. And all of a sudden, the edginess comes back. This, this hardness comes back. The softness goes away. The repentance goes away. And they miss out on the comfort that God wants to bring. The world will tell us a completely different message. Blessed are the merciful. Look about that one. I mean, the world will tell you, if you're too merciful, people are going to take advantage of you. Don't be too merciful. Make them prove it. Make them earn it. And the truth is, if you're merciful, people will take advantage. And Jesus doesn't say people won't take advantage. He just says, blessed are the merciful. Trust that you're going to be blessed. Blessed. 
You're going to be blessed in a way that the world can't bless you when you're merciful. Yeah, people might take advantage of you, but big deal. Big deal. Because if your joy is rooted in the kingdom of God, big deal if somebody rips you off financially. You don't need the money to make you happy. Big deal if somebody rips you off at the car dealership and you're trying to make a good deal with the car. You find out later that you got, you know, one pulled over. Like, big deal. I remember one time I was playing a card game with one of my kids and um, she cheated when I went to the bathroom. She hid like a card behind her and I found out about it when I came back. I got ripped off. I got taken advantage of playing cards by my kid. Now, did it matter that much to me? No. Now, I took the teaching moment to say, listen, we don't cheat. Don't ever cheat again. I don't think she has, unless she just got really good at it since then. But personally, I didn't feel like, oh, no, I got ripped off of this card game. I can't believe it. I wanted to win so bad. Like, it was like, it's a card game. What a big deal. And I think when we see things from God's perspective and Jesus' perspective, we're like, yeah, I can, I can show mercy because so what if I'm ripped off, taken advantage? So what? I don't belong to this world. My joy is rooted in another kingdom, not this one. So if, I'm, if the stuff of this world is taken, for me, a big deal. So that's why Jesus says, oh, you're blessed when you're merciful because you can let go of those things. You're blessed. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness instead of hungering and thirsting for what everybody else has, wondering if you're ever going to get it. Then when you get it, you're anxious about losing it. You're anxious about it take, getting taken away. That's a tiresome way to live. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. So it's contradictory to what the world says is our source of happiness. Number five. To embrace any of these values requires us first to be poor in spirit. If we're hearing this, if we're Jesus' original listeners, we're like, wait, okay, I want to be merciful. I want to be meek. Most of us, if we were honest with ourselves, would go, and I'm not. I'm not. I'm not that merciful. I'm not that meek. I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm always trying to assert my way, make sure nobody gets it over. I'm, I'm always trying to assert my power. I'm not meek. I don't hunger and thirst for righteousness like I should. If we're honest with ourselves, we'd go, that's not me. That's not me. And Jesus' point isn't to say you earn your way into the kingdom of God by being merciful and meek and hungering and thirsty because naturally we don't. So naturally, we're outside of the kingdom of God and there's no way in because we don't measure up to God's standard. Those, those are character traits of the kingdom of God. That's who Jesus is. And naturally, we don't measure up to that. So we're like outside of the kingdom of God. And, and, and how do we get in? How do we get in? Even poor in spirit. We are not poor in spirit. We are always looking to fill ourselves up, puff ourselves up, posture ourselves over against somebody else, make ourselves feel good by looking down on somebody else, finding somebody else who's got it worse off than us, and then we feel like, okay, I'm good, I'm good. That's what we're always naturally doing. So what do we do? Well, paradoxically, when we realize that we don't measure up, when we realize that our character doesn't measure up to the character of those who belong to the kingdom of God, the blessed ones, paradoxically, that should make us poor in spirit. It should make us go, God, that's not me. I'm too prideful. I'm not merciful. I'm not meek. I don't hunger and thirst for righteousness. And that should make us go, what do I do? 
And God's answer is that Jesus came and died on a cross and his blood was shed for us so that we could be forgiven and washed and his spirit could come in and live through us, in us. That's what those who are getting baptized today, that's what it represents. I'm dead to sin. I cannot earn my way into God's kingdom. The old me is naturally not those things. And then when we come up out of the water, Jesus is living his life through me. But the way in, the way to receive that forgiveness is by being poor in spirit and recognizing that naturally we're not those things. And to those who are not followers of Jesus, you've never trusted in Jesus, and maybe you're wondering, how, how, how can I be forgiven? That's, that's the beginning. You don't earn forgiveness. It's just being poor in spirit and recognizing God. I don't deserve to be in the kingdom of God. I don't deserve to be adopted into your family. But I want to be. Uh, and you offer that to me. That's why you came to this earth to live this life perfect life in my place and die for me and rise again in my place. By being poor in spirit, we just recognize that naturally we don't deserve to be in. We're poor. We're needy. And then we receive his forgiveness. And then he goes to work on us, making us. And those for, for, for those who are Christians, it's an ever-increasing journey of growing and in, in becoming more merciful, more meek, growing and hungering and thirsting for, for righteousness, growing in our uh, ability, power to love those who persecute us. That's an ever-increasing journey. And, and as we walk that journey out, we experience more of the blessing of God. And as we experience more of the blessing of God, we walk out more of those things. Charles Spurgeon uh, s said this, as we rise in divine blessing, we sink in our own esteem. As we experience more of God's mercy, grow in our relationship him, with, with him, we care much less about what people think of us, about whether or not we're getting what we think we're entitled to. We just hold those things loosely. And there's joy in that. There's joy in being freed from those things. And then finally, 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 number six, the blessed life is about embracing the happiness of God now while longing for its ultimate fulfillment later. So I'm going to speak to those of you getting baptized specifically right now. Sometimes people get this idea in their head that you get baptized. You get baptized before people. And all of a sudden, God is going to make your life super easy. Now, most people don't consciously say that. Maybe not even think it, but there's this feeling. There's this expectation in our hearts. Oh, I got baptized. So God should pave this way for me. Listen, there's coming a day when Jesus is going to return and he's going to bring heaven to earth and this earth is going to be completely renewed. That's a day when our ultimate desire for happiness will be fulfilled in the most perfect of ways. Until then... Until then, we are blessed to know that that day is coming. We're blessed to experience hints of it now. But if we expect that perfect happiness now, we're going to be forever disappointed. Always walking around, disappointed with other people because they're always getting in the way of our happiness. But if we can, the, the happy person is the one who can not expect to be perfectly happy all the time. That's the happy person. That's the joy person to know there's a day coming. There's a day coming when Jesus returns.
Now we have the kingdom of God now. We are part of the kingdom of God. It's here now, but it's coming in its ultimate sense later. And the only way I can, uh, th th or maybe the best way I can think to uh, explain that or, or give you a picture of that is like if, when you buy a house and you close on the house, you sign these papers. And when you sign these papers, they say, house is yours. Here, maybe here's the key. And the house is yours. But not until you move in, unpack your boxes, rearrange, decorate, put your family photos up. Maybe do some renovating. That's when it feels like, ah, this is my house. And there's a difference between when you sign those papers. There's a transition. And you and I, when we believe in Jesus, we receive his forgiveness, and we belong to his kingdom, we are sons and daughters of the creator of the universe now. But the Bible also talks about our ultimate adoption when he returns. It's a strange thing. It's a paradox. It's like you, you have it now, but you're going to get it in its ultimate sense later. And so for those of you getting baptized, you are going to experience the pain of being a human being like all of us experience. But also, Jesus said you're going to be persecuted for following him. There's going to be extra pain added on to the fact that you're following Jesus and wanting to live wholeheartedly for him. And the blessed person is, is the one who believes, I'm blessed despite this. I can rejoice Great is my reward in heaven. I'm going to be comforted. I'm going to be filled by hunger and thirst for righteousness. So, let's stand. I'm going to call the band up. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to close with a song before our baptism. It's one thing for me to preach this message, and it's another thing for us to actually um, walk it out and live it out. That's a work of the Holy Spirit in us. To live as if we really are blessed. To walk as if we really are blessed. Because how many people are experiencing some kind of disappointment or pain right now? Yeah. There's something that happens psychologically, emotionally. When we're experiencing that, there's this weight presses down on our soul and we can say I believe those things I know I'm blessed, I know Jesus is with me I know I belong to him but there's this pressure that's weighing down and it's like this heaviness it's like I can't shake it and so I just want to pray for those of you who put your hand up, can you put your hand up one more time so Jesus, these men and women who've got their hands up Scripture that comes to mind, cast your anxieties on the Lord for he cares for you. God, give us the grace to really believe that you care for us so that they can take that, that care, that, that, that hurt, that burden. Like just even picture it right now, those of you. Picture it, take it, put it in your hand. Picture it being in, the, in your hand. And then just picture yourself just tossing it into God's lap. Saying, here, Father, here. 
I'm giving this to you. I'm giving this to you. And Jesus, I pray that your spirit would renew these men and women. We would fill them with your joy, with your peace, with the confidence that they are the blessed ones. They're blessed. They're blessed. I pray that they could live out more and more these character traits of meekness, mourning, loving those who persecute them, hungering and thirsting for righteousness. Give them the power, the grace to do that. And as they do, meet them, refresh them with more and more of your comfort, more and more of your filling. God, we don't want to be a church that buys into what the world says is the path to happiness. But it's so easy. It's so easy to do that. There's so many messages out there from school, from friends, from bosses, from coworkers, from the media, commercials, all telling us this is the way to blessing. You came to show us that you're the way, the truth, and the life. You're the way, the truth, and the life. And that includes the way, the truth, and the life for the blessed life. Help us to trust you. In your name, amen. amen. All right, let's sing this song together. Let's worship Jesus together, and then we'll celebrate some baptisms. <laughs>